Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So I got a lot of articles about the hottest topic that you hear on TV, and that is about Roe versus Wade and abortion. Mm. And murder, actually, what it is. And so someone leaked that what the uh, Supreme Court was about to do, but um, I, I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know. I really don't know. But anyway, I have an article here that says that New York will provide $35 million to abortion providers, says Governor Kathy Hochul. Hmm. Uh, she announced just recently that the Empire State will allocate $35 million for abortion providers in light of the Supreme Court's possible overturning of Roe v. Wade. She's up for re-election this November, and she said that New York must be prepared for an influx of out-of-state patients seeking abortions. Since nearly half of the United States, U.S. states, already have or will enact bans or harsh restrictions on abortion should the Supreme Court overturn Roe. New York has always been at the forefront of the fight for abortion rights, and as the first female governor, I will not let us go backwards. <laughs> we'll go down the toilet fighting. I will never stop <laughs> fighting to make New York a safe harbor for all who need care and a blueprint for other states to follow. Oh, gosh. To truly guarantee that everyone who needs an abortion 
can get one in New York State. And we must ensure that providers have the resources, capacity, and protections that they need. I'm sorry. So in addition to that, uh, New York Department, her office says that New York's Department of Health will provide $25 million in grants and reimbursements to abortion providers, including increased access to services. The remaining $10 million is to be used for security upgrades at facilities that provide abortions and reproductive health centers. That they can do, but they can't get crime out of the streets. They can't, you know, and they can't she stop says, rioting and theft. Killing and shooting. Right. And, right. I consider this an emergency, and I'm going to make sure that that money is available the second the decision comes down. These people have no fear of God. They have no regard for life. They're just concerned with themselves. The love of many have waxed cold. I hear, uh, I, I watch how women talk about their bodies. Their choice. Their and, choice. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I don't, I don't dispute that. It is your body, your choice for your body. But who speaks for the body of the child? And so you brought in someone who has a separate heartbeat, separate DNA from your own a, a personality. You brought in a you human knew that. Life. I mean, when you decided to cadiddle flick, you knew right. you, you the possibility exists of bringing in a new life. Right. And what's so bad about it? When you hear about this stuff, they don't say nothing about the man. They just say it's between her and the doctor. But what about the man? It, right. it takes two. It takes two. Right. The it's, man has just as much right to be able to say, no, I don't want this to happen. Right. But the men cop out and say, well, it's, it's her body. I can't really tell her what to do with her body. Said, no. Well, a lot you, of men do tell the women to go ahead and get an abortion. Right. I say, a lot of men do, do tell that. them. And I say, and you, you can say, well, I can't tell her what to do with her body. That's true. But you have a right to say what happens to the body of your child. And that's what seems to be uh, the missing piece of the puzzle. It's like everybody's forgetting that we're not, we're not telling uh, the woman that she doesn't have a right to make medical decisions concerning her body. We're saying that now that she has a life that is separate from her own, that has to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. It can't be ignored. It can't be uh, disregarded. You just, you just can't. You know, I was talking to somebody not too, just uh, within the last week about, um, you know, she admitted that she had an abortion. Hmm. And and how it came up as we were talking about the what was leaked from the Supreme Court. And she said they need to change it. Even though she got an abortion before, she had a child after the abortion too. Mm -hmm. But she listened to the guy that she was with and she got an abortion. You know, and then he wanted when she got pregnant the second this other time she said, no, I'm not going to do it. It did something to her when she said she, she feels like they need to overturn it. Right. It's not healthy. She said, you live with that for the rest of your life. You can't get rid of that in your mind. It's, right. it, it's always with you. And someone to me who can do that and think nothing of it, something's wrong with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's some that they use it as a means of uh, birth control and to be able to casually abort your child Mm -hmm. And act as if it's nothing. Something is seriously, mentally, emotionally, and morally wrong with that person. Now they make all this big fuss about 
well, we have gun control, getting the guns off the street, but and we and they should tighten up on on people not just having having so such, such an easy access to guns. But I think it should be for the same for abortion. You shouldn't have an easy access just to go kill an innocent child. You shouldn't have an easy right. access. You don't want an easy access to gun because you feel if you got too many guns on the street, that's going to increase the crime rate. What do you think abortion does? And abortion is like the number one killer of people. I mean, like, if you go to a doctor, I think I saw on ABC News, this one doctor, he said he killed about 30 to 50 babies a day. That's a shame. And then you doctor. multiply that one doctor by another doctor, mm-hmm. the whole clinic, this clinic, that clinic, that's easily in the hundreds of thousands and millions of years, right. tens of millions every year. Killing children. Now, there's a spirit that goes along with that. And because of that uh, evil force, that evil spirit that goes along with it, you find these people, they're manic. I, I was looking at one protester. <laughs> I mean, she was, I don't even know if anybody else saw it, but she was dressed up like a clown and she had supposedly like the biblical cord, uh, umbilical cord coming down from within her body and the baby's hanging off the, the, the doll or whatever she had was hanging down and she said, I'm killing my baby. I'm, and I mean, she was just, I'm thinking, like she was possessed, too, huh? Yeah, this is just too bizarre, you know? And she just clowned something fierce. I'm saying, for that reason alone, you know, if I was Pro-choice. <laughs> That's one of the I main. Said, well, okay, you're a good argument. <laughs> I would have like a big. You would have like a big poster of her. Right. She would be the poster right. child, child of for, it. Well, okay, then you, you're a real good argument for abortion because. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that. I mean, saints should know, and there should not be a saint that does not understand that God gives the life, and for somebody to arbitrarily take a life. It's a sin. And I thought, and I, and it was a, a video on uh, Instagram, and it had something to do, and it had, um, I can't, Sue uh, Warren on there, Elizabeth Warren, how she was so mad and so, um, just so mad about how, how they, oh, they're just going to overturn Roe, blah, 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 blah. And then when you read the comments, when I read the comments, I saw Yolanda Adams down there. I'm like, what oh is, I'm goodness. like, what is you doing down there? <laughs> right. And then she talking about, how it was just a tragedy how they just was going to take away women's rights. And then I saw another one. Uh, you know the one that William Murphy, the one he put out the song, He Reigns? Uh-huh. He, he down there like in support right. of it. He's like saying, well, what do we do? What do we do since they're going to overturn Roe versus Wayne? Get saved. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go and get saved. You're going to say, Lord, forgive me because I was stupid. Well, everybody's got an opinion. So someone sent me this article about Christian authors, and I have no idea who these people are. Jen Hatmaker and Mary Catherine Backstrom. And they say that they back Roe v. Wade. I, I mean, and they have like 800,000 Facebook followers. I, I never heard of them. <laughs> I never heard of them. So Backstrom said that she's a survivor of rape and childhood sexual abuse. She posted a comment on Hatmaker's face page, Facebook page thanking her for speaking out and adding it, it's scared, scary, hard, discouraging, being a person of faith and feeling alone on the topic of agency. Backstrom, the author of Holy Hot Mess and Crazy Joy, said she believes women deserve 
to have agency over their bodies. And Hatmaker, in April of 20, now these are Christian authors. In 2016, of April of 2016, Hatmaker called for the full inclusion of LGBT people into the Christian community. She reiterated her position October 16th, and as a result, Lifeway Christian Resources decided to discontinue selling her publications. Thank well, goodness. Well, somebody has some common sense. Mm-hmm. Hatmaker and her then-husband, Brandon, founded Austin New Church located in Austin, Texas. She remains on the church's board, but I don't think he does. And then someone sent me an article about that particular church, how for Mother's Day they referred to Jesus as female. Uh, what's wrong with those people? But, but see, I don't know. You know, people use Christian so loosely. They don't oh, know right, yeah. the real meaning of right. Christian. Right. Right. Anybody can be a Christian. Right. Yeah. Now, so. in 1993, Hatmaker married Brandon Hatmaker. They have five children, two of whom were adopted. Mm. That's ironic yeah. to me. In September of 2020, uh, she announced on her social media streams that she and Brandon were getting divorced and described it as completely unexpected. <laughs> How? But, but having five children and adopting two children, why would you be in favor of abortion? I have no idea. Because to say uh, that this is concerning a woman's control over her body and that she has a right to make these medical decisions. There's a difference between a medical decision and, and to me, a moral, spiritual, ethical decision when it comes to someone else's body. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore, you can't dismiss the fact that a baby is a separate human life. It's a separate soul from your own. And you can't dismiss it. If you have engaged in an activity, which results in a human life, then you're held to a higher standard. That's all, that's all I have to say. You're, you're held to a higher standard. And therefore, because now you have brought a human life into this uh, world, even though it's still in your womb, it's still a human life. Mm-hmm. And you can't just dismiss it or end this life for your convenience. Now, I know that there are some situations where people have been raped, where there's uh, incest and... And they might have a legitimate reason. But for some people to say, well, the doctor has looked and you have this missing and that missing. And when the baby comes out, it's going to be uh, a special child with special needs. And they suggest that you terminate the right, pregnancy. Or Down syndrome. Right. Or, or whatever. No. And, then, and this woman said no. She, she, she told them no. She's going to have her child. <laughs> One person, the, the child did come out with, with Down syndrome. But the other one, the child came out perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so th- these people who are trying to play God, and you know, these people who have no reverence for the Lord, and decide that the, they have engaged in fornication or adultery or whatever it is that they're doing, and now they're pregnant and they decide that they don't want their child, there should be a law against it. I'm sorry, yeah. because it's a human life. Yeah, so I think. Uh, oh, I was okay. commenting like I heard uh, Dave Chappelle when he was saying. He was making, you know, comment on abortion. He was saying, I can't remember all of what he said, but he was saying, I, 
uh, paraphrasing, it, you may feel it may be your body, you may feel it may be your choice, but it's our money. It's our tax dollar. And we, we can have a choice and a say-so, too, where our tax dollars should go. We don't have to have our tax dollars, you know, funding, funding murder. Right. And I'm glad somebody sees it, even though they're in the world, mm -hmm. that it's murder. You're killing your babies. Now, here, this article was sent to me, and I know how you feel about, uh, <laughs> about people saying black churches and white churches mm -hmm. and stuff. So this article says why some black churches aren't elated about the possible end of Roe. When a draft Supreme Court opinion leaked indicating that Roe v. Wade could be overturned, the Reverend Cheryl Sanders felt conflicted. The senior pastor of D.C.'s Third Street Church of God personally doesn't support abortion, but is weary of the politics around being labeled pro-life and is grappling with how to address the issue before her predominantly black congregation. If you understand that in the politicized term, it's fraught with problematic racial views and exceptions and blind spots, she said. And Sanders doesn't want to align herself with the far-right conservative activists she disagrees with on many social is issues, but what does the Bible say? It's absolutely pro-life, Sanders said, but not in a political way. It's a theological perspective. While many conservative white evangelicals rejoiced after the draft opinion was revealed, the reception in black churches has often been more complicated. Some leaders of black churches say they can't help viewing the debate through racial lens. Black women are more likely to have abortions, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation stupid. data, while government reports show that they are also three times as likely as white women to die of pregnancy complications. Hogwash. And I, I, that's, that's me it's a bunch of malarkey. It used to be that black women were the lowest percentage as far as abortions. Mm -hmm. You just didn't hear about them killing their children. And then all of a sudden, it's like a fad caught on, and, and next thing you know, they just, like they just outdid everyone. And it's stupid. It, and so whoever this singer person is who started yeah. this, these clinics mm -hmm. to try to curtail the- The black race. Yeah, the growth of the black race, they did it. Now, speaking about churches, who identify by skin color. That, I'm saying, I don't, I recognize, like say for instance, if I came up from, say in Mexico, and I needed to go to a, a church that spoke Spanish. See, I could see culturally saying, there's a Spanish speaking church. Or if I came from Europe and, and I come from Russia, and they said, this is a Russian church over here. I can understand that because that's a culture, nationality. But to simply label a church because of the color of skin, skin color, to me is so stupid and idiotic. That's, that's just so crazy because you might have a, a, a you might be a black person, you might be from Britain. Mm -hmm. What's that? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. You have so many different nationalities, so many different cultures. I could see you saying you want to be part of a church that shares in your culture, mm -hmm. but simply because you can fill a room with the same skin color and have nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing in common except for your skin color. Mm -hmm. See, that doesn't make any sense to me. That, to me, is that racial divide mm -hmm. is terrible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, uh, this article goes on to say that we don't have a rule at our church that if you've had an abortion, you can get kicked out or you're condemned, Sanders says. For me, it's not as hard and fast as that. And I don't know of any church that does that, kick people out because they've had an abortion. I mean, maybe so what would the, years and years ago. But, but I believe if a, a saint say they're a saint and they go out and have an abortion, I think they're going to have to repent. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. They're going to have to get that straight with God because mm-hmm. it's murder. Mm-hmm. Innocent you, life. Right. Now, say, for instance, if it's a medical condition, like I knew of a saint who uh, they said to her that she basically was infertile, couldn't, she was barren, couldn't have children, so she never used contraceptives with her husband. And then one day she went and the doctor told her she was pregnant. But she also had a tumor. And the tumor was the size of a, a full-blown pregnancy. And so the baby's body had become intertwined with the tumor and had grown with the tumor. There was no way it could survive. It was like part baby, part tumor. It had, basically the tumor had taken up the womb, so the baby had no room to grow. So the tumor consumed, was basically consumed the baby. So she had to have a hysterectomy. They had the baby, the tumor, and all. I see, I could see situations like that because there was no chance the baby could survive. But people who, especially saying they're saints, who for whatever reason decide that now they just don't want to be pregnant. They just want to just end it just right. like and that. They want to have, maybe they no longer get, I know a person no longer got along with the, the, her husband. And just the thought of having his child was just abhorrent to her. But it was nothing wrong with the baby. Mm-hmm. She just couldn't stand her husband anymore. So she wanted an, an abortion. And she got an abortion. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's a saint, they're going to have to repent. Yeah, they I answer. don't care. That's a human life they just took. Innocent life that they just took. Yes. So there, there's this article that was sent to me about faith leaders reacting to the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion on Roe v. Wade. And the Reverend Jackie Lewis said, uh, uh, who is a senior minister at Middleton Collegiate Church in New York City, uh, said abortion access can't be separated from laws attacking trans kids' bodily autonomy. It's all connected. One campaign to structure U.S. law around evangelical faith. Liberation is collective. We only get free when we fight for all of us. The Reverend Greg Laurie of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, said if true SCOTUS would overturn Roe, if true, SCOTUS will overturn Roe v. Wade, a grave injustice will be corrected. Prayers answered, now the church must go over and above to care for mothers and their children. Rabbi Dana Ruttenberg said, <coughs> It's dry here all of a sudden. <coughs> I was acting now. I don't know. Ethical. It, there hasn't been a breach of the court's prize confidentiality and protocol like this in any recent memory, probably in all of American history, even the history of the Supreme Court. He ended his discussion of the leak by saying, and when the Supreme Court hands down its ruling in coming weeks, the defenders of life dare to hope that this is indeed the court's ruling, and, O oh Lord, let us pray, may it be true. Um, K. 
Kelly Rosati, a former vice president of community outreach and spokesperson on child advocacy issues for evangelical Christian ministry, focus on the family, tweeted, the leak is a stunning breach. The substance of the purported early draft is not surprising. Roe being overturned won't make abortion illegal. States will act to protect unborn babies or abortion rights. Congress may act. And see, um, what, what, what they have an, an objection to is by it being federal, it applies to all states, whereas when they make the decision to be by, by state specifically, it means that maybe the state that you're in, the majority of the people don't approve of abortion or the majority of the people do approve of it. So, but it took a lot of the complications out of it by it being federal. It didn't just be across the board. Uh, with, after, after the first uh, trimester, then you can say something within that first trimester, person has a right you know, to have an abortion regardless, whether they hear a heartbeat, doesn't matter. You, know, you, you, have, that, you have that right. Well, I didn't get to all the right. opinions and all the comments. But and all I know all is the that, articles. Yeah. You know, but um, and we're out of time. I did find an article that was uh, not about abortion, but it had to do with dying. Mm -hmm. You know, and killing and murder. And I guess we'll have to finish that okay. or continue next week with that article. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath. Praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Jude 25 and 24 and 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. I ain't God all right. God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what is God's name? And the answer is, Lord. <laughs> that answer can be found in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, which says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. This week's food for thought is, what will the Lord do for the meek? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.